Cusimano Bros are back. This is the most important stop of the day. It's the money stop presented by Kicking the Tires. Splash and go. He's Cole. I'm Steven. Let's get right into it. Joey Logano, the defending Cup Series champion, is back in victory lane at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Getting right into it, Cole. This was an awesome race from start to finish, and we have got our first Ford manufacturer winner in victory lane this year. Yes, Joey Logano gets it done at Atlanta after a dominant day by Team Penske. One both stages led, I think it was like 90% of the laps. And yeah, Joey Logano walks away with the win. Reigning champ is back in the winner's circle. And man, what a race. I I, I know that these races get a lot of flack since the repave at, at Atlanta, but I like it quite a bit just because, yes, it is super speedway style racing, but I think there's more control to it. And those drivers who excel at tracks like Daytona and Talladega can use that skill set to their advantage at a place like Atlanta where Yes, it's similar styled racing, but there's more control. Yeah, it, it just makes for a really good product, and I think it's not as much of a wild card as those two other tracks. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I love it. And I remember saying this on one of our episodes last year, that this instantly, with the first new race in Atlanta, it became one of my favorite tracks. That remains after we've had three races here now. I just love how it is it is super speedway style racing, but it's not exactly the same as Talladega or Daytona. It's not quite as much of a wild card, but it still has that same kind of super speedway excitement. And this was cemented once again with a great race and a great finish at that. Looking at the top 10 from this past weekend, Brad K, man, he has looked really good every week this year. He's led laps in every race still. He led the last lap, but not the final one, or at least the white flag lap did not win the race. Of course, the last turn passed by Joey Logano. Forgot to talk about the fact that that was an amazing finish, but just to continue rolling through the top 10, Christopher Bell continuing another strong performance. Corey LaJoy, man, we talked about him too as one of our sleepers, a great value. You mentioned him, I, I think, as your specific sleeper, Cole. He ended up with a top five, a career-best fourth-place finish. Tyler Reddick, Toyota in fifth, Denny Hamlin in sixth, his teammate, or at least his car owner, not necessarily teammate, but his Toyota teammate. Ryan Blaney, seventh. Eric Jones, who was another sleeper of mine in eighth. Ty Gibbs with his career-best Cup Series finish in ninth. And then Kyle Busch rounded out the top 10. I guess there was a lot of incidents in this race, Cole. Um, not, not a better day for Hendrick Motorsports coming off of the dominance the past couple of weeks. But anything in particular that caught you off guard, surprised you, you or I guess uh, held up your expectations here? No surprises. It was just mainly expectations going in. We thought Ty Gibbs would have a strong run. We thought that Corey LeJoy was going to be a contender for the win that he was. And I know we, didn't, we weren't very like high on the Fords, but we thought that the Penske cars would have speed. We were very outspoken in the fact that Brad Keselowski would likely be a contender for the win, and he damn near had it in the last turn. So I think there's not a whole lot of surprises. The Fords have been the class of the field by my count on the Super Speedways so far this year. Yeah, I, I think it was just all in all a really good race, and I'm excited to see how the speed translate from the Fords into Coda this weekend. Yeah, it felt like a little bit of balance was restored. It was a very one-sided with Chevy winning the first few races, Hendrick Motorsports dominating, of course, William Byron with back-to-back -back wins. And it just kind of felt like a race where the pendulum, the pendulum swung back in the other direction. We saw Ford be really the dominant manufacturer. Again, Toyota's all over the top 10 as well. And again, our first super speedway event since Daytona, it's going to be very interesting this week as we head to the Circuit of the Americas. Really exciting road course race that in general is exciting but you also look at some of the names in the field, guys like Jimmy Johnson making his second start of the year and Kimi Raikkonen. It's going to be really exciting with all the storylines, in addition to the fact that this is our first road course event of the season. So before we get into kind of the predictive side, Colt, let's take a look at our nickels and our dimes. 
This is the segment where we review the paint schemes for the upcoming race weekend. And I got to say, we have got some really, really good ones this week. Um, Nichols are our five out of tens, give or take. Our dimes are our tens out of tens, give or take. So, Cole, kick us off. What's catching your eye this week? Got to be honest, I think pretty much all the paint schemes on our graphic are stunning. Uh, if I got to give one nickel out, it has to go to the number four of Kevin Harvick. It is a mobile one paint scheme. And it only gets number one because it's a, a plain white paint scheme with the, the Pegasus behind the four. There is no other design outside of that white base. It's just a missed opportunity for me because those mobile one cars are usually so nice. Uh, case in point, the number 15 being driven by Jensen Button. It's a top half black, bottom half white with a blue streak going through as a divider. Just a nice, simple and clean paint scheme. I think just having seen so many good ones throughout the years for Kevin Harvick, it's a letdown. But those all-white ones aren't necessarily a bad thing. He had cars like the Miller Lite, too, that Brad Kostowski drove that looked nice. So it's not necessarily a nickel, but it's just definitely disappointing going from uh, you know those nice design mobile one paint schemes in the past to this plain, basic white car. But other than that, two dimes in, my, in mind right now sticking out to me. Absolutely the number 23 of Bubba Wallace Money Lion car. Mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes. It has a light blue fitting into a like a seafoam lime green gradient towards the back of the car. Just a really simple, sleek look. Love the color waves with the blue, the greens, the blacks. The number is a little bit questionable. It's like a chrome, but there's like streaks going through the 23. So maybe a little bit points off there, but all in all, really good looking car. And one more dime for the weekend. I'm going to give it to the number 42 of Noah Gregson. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Great, great coffee, great paint scheme. Not sure the colors fit the brand very well, but it's pleasing to the eye. It's uh, reds, oranges, and yellows. There's uh, six lines going diagonally across the car, and uh, it just it looks very nice, very cohesive. Just not what I'm used to with the Black Rifle brand and that army green and the browns. I'm going to double, double down, down on both those. those. Again, Again uh, shout out Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, outstanding coffee company, a really good coffee but um, it's just a very aesthetically nice looking car with the lines and just looks good. Uh, the 23, like you said, Cole, it is nice. It's kind of a, a little bit of a, an interesting design with the, the 23, how it's a gradient. Hardly ever do you see a gradient design on the numbers on a car. And especially when, when, one with the kind of those stripes going diagonal. Um, it's interesting, but definitely a dime based on those colors. I'm giving my dime this week out to the number six of Brad Kozlowski, uh, the Wyndham Rewards car. Again, these are dimes almost every week that RFK is rolling out with both of its cars. But uh, the blue, that kind of starts a little dark from the top. And as you get to the lower portion of the body of the car, gets to more of like a, a blue-green or sort of a teal. Just love that kind of gradient going across the car. Dark blue chrome on the 6. It has the nice kind of teal-looking stroke on it. The white and blue clash really good together. Big fan of that. And, and again, like you said, a little puzzled by the four car. You usually get such great paint schemes with the Mobile One sponsoring the car. But I think we're in agreement. There's some really impressive paint schemes this week. We're going to get to see them on track for the first time. Fast Friday, we will know the starting lineup on Saturday. 11.30 a.m. Eastern is when we will know the starting lineup, or at least we'll start to see what it looks like. That'll be televised on Fox Sports 1. And as we take it to the bank, Cole, looking at our odds pre-qualifying per DraftKings, looking at some different names at the top of the leaderboard here. Maybe not as different as what I would think going into our first road course event, but Kyle Larson is favored at plus 650. You've got Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch as co-favorites for second, plus 800 value. 
Tyler Reddick is plus 900. And then William Byron, who's got the two wins already under his belt this year, but still looking for his first ever road course win in the Cup Series, is fifth at plus 1,200. So a little bit of surprises in terms of maybe there's some guys that you don't see up there that you expect to and vice versa. But um, let's get right into it, Cole. Let's look at our favorites for this race. And there's definitely going to be some familiar names as we get into, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Kyle Larson. I'm just going to start right there. Definitely a safe bet at any road course event, but back into championship form, he's been fast almost every week this year. And then, you know, if, if he is back into that form, like we mentioned at the beginning of the year, Cole, where Cliff Daniels, you know, coming into the second consecutive year with his next gen car, you knew that team was going to take a big step in the right direction. And obviously Cliff, Cliff Daniels not behind the pit box this week, but um, especially going into Coda, a track that has been very kind to Kyle Larson and, and suits his, his driving style. Um, that team has had speed every single week, regardless of who has been behind the pit box. But you look at during his title campaign, 2020, uh, 2021, Larson won three road courses on top of a second and a third place finish in two others. So you're talking about a guy that could have easily won five road course events in 2021, even during his struggle filled follow-up season in 2022, still wound up in victory lane at Watkins Glen. It's always been kind of his bread and butter since he's come to Hendrick Motorsports. He's had speed at almost every other road course on the circuit. And keep in mind, Kyle Larson finished runner-up at, at the Circuit of the Americas in 2021. He was second fastest in practice. A steep value in DFS at 10400 but I think a value that is very well-deserved for a guy that I think is going to look really good this week at Dakota. Yes, I love Kyle Larson this week. Larson this and a little bit of housekeeping I wanted to kind of preface uh, at the top. I kind of forgot to throw it in there. But the we will be debuting a new package here at Coda. It's going to be the same one they used at Phoenix, actually, with a smaller spoiler and uh, some modifications to the undercarriage, which I don't think will make too much of a difference at a road course just because these types of tracks typically are pretty much straightforward as far as uh, handling and, and talent behind the wheel. It's, it's very much driver-oriented, not so much all in the car. But also on top of that, there was a tire test here uh, a couple months ago, and the three cars that participated were Kyle Busch, Austin Sendrick, and Tyler Reddick, three phenomenal road course racers, and getting the extra track time is absolutely crucial anywhere, but especially a track like Coda where we've only been to two times in the Cup Series, so... I expect all three of those cars to do very well this weekend. And oh, by the way, all three finished top, well, I think top seven or top eight uh, in practice. So uh, with that, I will go to Kyle Busch, one of those aforementioned cars. And at, there was one point in time point back in, time, in like the, the late like the 2000s, 2000s, early 2010s, early Kyle Busch was one of those guys, was that, was guys like that was like borderline, borderline unbeatable on road courses. courses. Since then, his status has kind of like diminished, but he's always a very safe and consistent driver on those tracks. And I'd say this, like looking back to last year, JGR was just abysmal on the road courses, so I don't take too much stock into how he performed last year. But fast-forwarding to this year, 2023, KFB already has a win, and he's hopping into the car that was arguably the best last year on road courses, the number eight for RCR, previously driven by Tyler Reddick. Reddick won two races and placed top ten in all but one road course event last year driving that same car. So when you take into account that Bush took part in that tire test at Coda earlier this year, and the fact he was third fastest in practice, and he has a runner-up at Coda in the Cup Series, I think KFB and Coda seems like a great mix. He seems very confident about his chances returning to Austin, and anytime Kyle's confident, that means trouble for the field historically. And he was, it was funny, I actually spoke with him during media day at Phoenix, and he was looking ahead at the schedule, and he said that 
this track specifically, he was excited to race at because he thought he turned like 200 laps here during the test. So again, track time is very important, especially at Coda. So I expect KFB to be very strong this weekend. That's crazy to think about turning 200 laps at any road course, but especially one like this that, as you said, Cole, you know, hasn't been competed at very much in the Cup Series yet. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the winner of this race is probably going to be one of those three drivers that you mentioned, Sindrick, Reddick, or Bush, that competed in the tire test earlier uh, during the offseason. But what about his former teammate, Christopher Bell, guy who's flown really under the radar this year. He's put together a very solid and consistent 2023 campaign. Out of the five races this year, he's got four top tens, matched his best finish of the season with a third last week. And uh, again, just kind of flying under the radar. No one's really talking about Christopher Bell, but has been really consistent, especially to the eye test. He's looked really fast all year. Probably been the best Toyota ever since you look at a guy like Kyle Busch leaving that camp. You insert the rookie, Ty Gibbs, who's had some solid showings. I think now Christopher Bell's kind of been the cream of the crop out of the Toyotas so far this year. At least you could argue that. And just also a really established and successful road course racer in his career. Matter of fact, you look back to some of the winners at, at the road courses in 2022, got two wins in total at these style tracks but most recently one at the roval so a guy that's had speed this year he's had speed at road courses in general really good value uh, 9300 is you know again somewhat steep but there's going to be more expensive drivers that i think i personally would value seabell over so i'm looking at seabell kyle larson and i love your pick of kyle, kyle bush too as far as our first three favorites right and i do like seabell quite a bit this week i just think that there is some um, cause for caution when for taking caution him because in because pretty much all of his wins, he's the, I call him the new closer. He's the new Kevin Harvick. He all of his wins have been come from behind, and specifically those two road course events. I think he led a combined seven laps between the Daytona road course and the Charlotte Roval. So a little bit of caution there, but regardless, he will be a strong contender for the win. I think. And speaking on my final driver for the favorites category, we're going to go with Tyler Reddick. He was, as mentioned, the best of the best on road courses last year one of only two drivers to score top 10s in all but one road course event in 2022, including wins at Indy and Road America, finished fifth with laps led at Coda. And I know they didn't get the start they wanted to this season, but things have been really been picking up for Tyler Reddick, riding back-to-back top fives and going to a style of track where he's probably been the best uh, in recent years. So you consider those stats along with the fact he's got the extra laps in at the tire test this year. He should figure to be a really, really strong favorite for the win. Oh, and by the way, he was number one in practice at Coda. And his value of $9,900 is a little steep, but I like those that those that number a lot. Again, I, I couldn't Again, agree, more, I with couldn't agree more with you that. Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick was, was one of those three drivers that was, was in the test earlier, and I, I love him this week. He's one of my top picks, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense why he is valued in top five in the odds by Vegas as well at plus 900. Those are our four favorites to win this week. The two Kyles, Bush and Larson, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell. Getting into our sleepers now, Cole. These are guys that have an outside chance of winning the race. And, and it's tough to put somebody like this in the sleepers category because he's just had such a, a tough year. Chase Briscoe, he's been really one of the disappointments out of, out of 2023 so far. Also think about last year for Chase Briscoe. He's didn't really have his road coursing stuff up to par in 2022. Only had the one top 10 coming at the Charlotte Roval, but 18 laps led between four of the six road course events last year. Speed's been there as of the last couple of weeks. Kind of not the result. He's been in that crop of drivers that has shown he can run up front or close to the front, but hasn't been able to put a full race together. So this is a weekend where he can maybe capitalize or compensate for the speed thanks to his road racing pedigree. Couple of Xfinity wins and as many top 10s at uh, road courses in the Xfinity series. So 
kind of like going back to a couple weeks ago, Cole, what we said with Ryan Blaney at Phoenix, it could be a good place for him to get back on track. And that's exactly what happened with Blaney at Phoenix. You look at Briscoe as a guy valued in, in DFS at 8,300. And you think about his background in road course racing and how good he was at these types of tracks in the Xfinity series. Got to think the law of averages are going to swing back in his direction with the speed having been there recently, just not the results. And I think that that could all come to an end here. And that could change in, in favor of Chase Briscoe. I definitely agree because like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's really more so about the driver and their skill set at these types of tracks when you talk about road courses. So I think given the speed as of late, it, it should add up at some point. And at a track where the driver is really key, uh, it should lead to a good result for Chase Briscoe in Austin, Texas. In Texas. Speaking of Austin, Speaking of how Austin, about Austin Sendrick? I like him I like a lot him this week. Lot we're coming off a weekend where Team Penske absolutely, absolutely dominated. dominated. And we're going to a road course where Austin always excels at. But Coda specifically is where he's seen a lot of success in his early cup career. Has two cup starts there under his belt in which he led in both races and finished eighth most recently there in 2022. That was one of four top tens for Cindric at six road courses in 2022, including a runner-up at Indy. And as far as 2023 is concerned, Cindric hasn't really been flashy, but he hasn't been terrible either. And that's kind of been the MO for Team Penske so far this year. Very hot, very cold. It's like a week-to-week basis, very inconsistent, which isn't the best thing, but... I, I would say Austin's been very even keeled through the whole process. He's an incredible road course racer, and I look I look for Austin to be a top five contender in Austin this weekend. Also, keep in mind again, he was also was one of the drivers that tested with Kyle Busch and Tyler Reddick at that tire test. So, give me Austin Centric this weekend. Love his value at eighty eight hundred dollars for DFS, and I believe Race Burner was at plus twelve hundred. So that's also I think a steal. Very good odds there, considering what his reputation is and, and the amount of laps he's logged at this track in reference to his competition. You're going to start to sense a little bit of a trend in terms of the drivers we're picking uh, in these different categories, both as our sleepers and our favorites, and that we're, we're going with a lot of guys that performed very well at the road course tracks last season. And a perfect example of that as a guy that in his career didn't necessarily have the best road course numbers, but you look at last year specifically, he was one of the top guys on road courses. That is Daniel Suarez. He picked up his first career NASCAR Cup Series win at Sonoma last season and also got top tens in half of his road course starts last year. That's not taking into account Coda, where he was one of the top cars and led 15 laps, won a stage, and then was taken out of contention late in that race. But starting off strong this year, he's hit a couple, a little bit of a skid here, but certainly could get back on the right track. You think about uh, this new, the next-gen car and what we saw with it at road courses last year and one of the top teams arguably the top team at road courses in 2022 it was track house racing they were the class of the field a lot of the time with proven speed once again this year i think we can expect more of the same i think daniel suarez is properly valued at nine thousand dollars in dfs this week really good pick for an outside chance at the win just again looking at guys that can be sure things slam dunks who were good at the road course events last season and Daniel Suarez a guy who you should look no further than in terms of looking at it from that perspective Suarez should definitely be a top 10 contender maybe even top 5 I wouldn't even be surprised if he went for the win um the track house was by far and away the best team on road courses last year and I think that'll definitely carry into this race for sure especially given how their speed's been in 2023 and you'll notice Ross Chastain was, I think, number three in the favorites per Vegas at, or he's actually, he was runner-up, actually. Tied for runner-up, best odds at plus 800 for the win. I'll be fully transparent. I make the outlines. 
I did not put him on this episode specifically because there's so many debts to be paid. I know Danny Hamlin serving a penalty for running Ross Chastain into the wall at Phoenix, but road courses are much different. It's a lot easier to get away with the bump and run. And we saw at the end of the race last week at Atlanta where Alex Bowen had some words for Ross Chastain post-race. And that says a lot to me because, I mean, you, you, you can't even count on one hand how many drivers in the field Ross Chastain truffle feathers with. But if you remember back to last year at Coda, uh, Ross bumped A.J. Allmendinger out of the way for the win, which also ended Alex Bowman's chance at winning that race at Coda. So no love lost there. I think there's just too many enemies in the field for Ross Chastain to be considered for DFS. I wouldn't mind maybe throwing a flyer on a race winner because the speed's going to be there. Uh, the equipment's obviously there. But there's just too many um, underlying scores to be settled that I, I'm not comfortable enough to bet him for the win. Anyway, anyway. going to go to my la- final guy in the sleeper category. It's one that uh, honestly shouldn't even be here. He could easily be in the in the favorites. But by all accounts, one of the best road course racers in NASCAR history, none other than the Dinger, AJ Allmendinger. So throwing the sleeper category very lightly, definitely a favorite in my mind. His only two cup wins have come on road courses. Most recently at Indy in 2021, 10 Xfinity wins on these tracks, including one at Coda. And Dinger was a constant contender at these tracks last year in Cup, posting top 10s in four of six of those races, including a runner-up at Watkins Glen. And you can make the case he should have won a couple races last year in the Cup Series. Namely, as just mentioned, Coda, where he got booted by uh, Ross Chastain for the win. And uh, similar to Chase Briscoe, actually, I think the results haven't been there, but to the eye test, AJ has looked very solid this year. He's been a top 15, borderline top 10 uh, performing car, but just been caught up in unfortunate circumstances. So I like AJ Allmendinger anytime you go to a road course, specifically Coda. AJ enters as potentially the best sleeper for the win, but you could easily argue he's the favorite once again at plus 1,200 odds to win. Love that a lot. And $9,700 for DFS. Lock and load those. Bet them for the win. Bet the top five bets, top ten bets, throw them into your lineup. AJ's uh, a done deal, in my opinion. I'm going to echo echo a couple of things you said. I'm going to start real quick with Ross Chastain in that I like him kind of as a flyer for the win. And again, using the word flyer kind of lightly because he is valued at plus 800, tied for the third best odds. But when you get down to, you know, if there's a late restart at one of these tracks and you mentioned the finish last year with him being uh, booting AJ Allmendinger. It's a good example of how I, I think you're going to see the one car out your window and there's going to be no love lost. And I, I think you're most certainly going to see kind of an aggressive ending to Ross Chastain's day, especially like you said, with a lot of debts left to be paid. However, there's no telling, there's no you know denying that he has the ability and the speed to go out there, lead a lot of laps and possibly dominate the race. It's just that if it gets to within those close quarters, not a big fan of Chastain, just to kind of echo what you said there. Not my favorite in terms of DFS value. And then secondly, on the Dinger, in terms of looking at the values here, I try to look at this in terms of kind of brackets, tiers of drivers that I like to bet on. And I'm looking right outside that top five as our top values of the week. And uh, to be specific, the three guys we most recently named, Daniel Suarez, Austin Sindrick, and AJ Allmendinger, are all each tied for the sixth best odds to win this race at plus 1,200. That's a bracket that I love. I think if you're going to go out there, you want to get some bang for your buck and just have a driver to root for on Sunday, pick a driver that is plus 1,200 for the win. Suarez, Sindrick, or Almendinger, 
I think I mentioned before how there's a couple favorites that I'm looking at as the guys that, that did the tire test during the offseason that could go out there and win. But if you just want to have a fun race to watch and have a, some good value picks, good drivers that are probably valued a little bit lower than maybe they should be by Vegas, give me those drivers in that bracket, Suarez, Sindrick, and Almendinger. As we get into our actual value picks, these are guys that are lower down on the, the depth chart in terms of looking at the values to win this race. Not only that, but also in terms of their daily fantasy value, guys that are going to sort of be the anchors in your lineup, be a little bit cheaper for you. And, and just as a reminder for how this works, we're trying to give you two drivers from each of these tiers, two favorites, two sleepers, two value picks, each for a total of 12 drivers. And then we'll kind of dwindle it down to a total of six to give you a, a really zeroed in focused look at, at the drivers you can look at uh, You know, this week at Coda. But getting into our other value picks, guys, deeper on the depth chart, look no further than a guy like Michael McDowell, who is plus 2,500 to win this race. Obviously, coming off of a career season last year, backed it up with some good speed this year. And it's kind of crazy again, Cole, to call Michael McDowell a value pick still for road courses. But he could very easily contend for the race win at any of these types of tracks. Placed top 10 in four out of six road course events last year. Give you a little preview for one of my big money bets. Michael McDowell to finish in the top 10 is a steal this week. Tied for the third most top 10s at road courses Going back to the last three years, 2020, with seven top tens, scored his career best finish of third on a road course as recently as last year at Sonoma. So he's had a very inconsistent start to this year, having to adjust to the brand new team around him. But Michael McDowell, a guy that's always been over, able to overcome those obstacles and be a proven contender on road courses, irregardless of what the rest of the season has looked like for him. His uh, top 10 odds are plus 145, again, for a guy that has as many top 10s as almost anybody in the sport going back the last three years, and four of them in 2022. Big fan of those odds. That's a big money bet, in my opinion. And Michael McDowell in fantasy, daily fantasy, 7,100 is certainly an anchor I'm going to be building my lineup around. Now, I mentioned at the top, there were only two drivers to finish top 10 in all but one road course event last year. You mentioned Tyler Reddick, who was a surprise at the time because his road course program was not the best going into 2022. But this driver who accomplished the same feat as Tyler Reddick is even more shocking. And you might guess uh, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. It was actually Chris Buescher. Yes, Chris Buescher finished top 10 in five road course events last year, including runner-up at Sonoma. The only outlier being actually Coda, ironically. But since 2020, he is the active driver with the best average finish on road courses at 11.3 through 15 starts. Truthfully... Not sure how to feel about him going into this race just because he's off to a much less inspiring start to this season than last year. My only thing is his teammate Brad Keselowski has had evident speed all season. I have not seen that really from Busher to trust him enough completely, but just given his road course stats last year, it's really hard to pass up that $7,700 DFS value and the plus 135 for top 10 at a style track where he finished top 10 in all but one race last year. Those are numbers, I'll be honest, kind of caught me off guard. You think about road courses – you don't think about Chris Buescher, but you could say the same thing about Chris Buescher and a lot of different types of tracks. That's something that, you know, if you feel good about him, it seems like a very solid pick um, definition of a good value and a good sleeper. My final pick, my final value pick, I should say, is right now the front runner for rookie of the year. And that is Ty Gibbs, who we, we've well documented on the last few weeks that he has had a very consistent and respectable 2023 season thus far as a rookie, a teenager. It's crazy to think the results that Ty Gibbs is put up at all different kinds of tracks and we're really starting to see 
after we saw speed to start the year, now we're really starting to see the results. Scored a career-best cup finish, I mentioned at the top of the show, of ninth last week at Atlanta. Coda has also been a very good bet for him early on in his career coming into the Cup Series. He's got three road course wins in Xfinity, also three road course races with the next-gen car already under his belt. So only cause for concern, of course, would be that Joe Gibbs Racing last year was not the most consistent, was not didn't have the best speed at the road courses in recent years in general. But, of course, he's a rookie. Definitely optimistic about Ty Gibbs this week, especially in a DFS sense. Just looking at some of those numbers I mentioned, the speed he's had this year, the composure he's had as a rookie, in addition to how good he's been on the road courses in his young career. He's valued at only 6,600 in DFS. I'm a big fan of those, those values. If you need a guy to plug into your lineup with not a lot of budget left, and you, know, you start to look at building your lineup around a guy like Michael McDowell, A.J. Allmendinger, Christopher Bell, and you need some of, you got some high-priced drivers, maybe you throw Kyle Larson in there. I think Ty Gibbs is a really good daily fantasy pick going into Coda this week. I agree 100%, 100%, especially coming off a career-best finish um, at Atlanta. I think that speed will translate very well into Coda, especially when one of his Toyota teammates led the practice session in Tyler Reddick. So with that, my final driver for the value picks category is going to be the Iceman, Kimi Raikkonen. I really like what I saw last year from him at Watkins Glen in his uh, NASCAR Cup Series debut. The results will show he started 37th and finished 27th, but I thought he looked incredible in his first race. Truly thrown into fire by racing the next-gen car for the first time and beginning the race under rainy conditions. But at the halfway point, Kimi Waiters made his way all the way up to 8th before getting chastained and taken out of the race. And I think that speaks a lot of volumes to be able to drive up all the way to the top 10 from the back of the field, literally 37th. And I would and say this, I would say this. not only does he have not experience he with the next-gen car and racing around this competition, but he has a lot of experience lot at Coda as well. as well. Two podium Two finishes, including a win in F1 at Austin, Texas, at Coda. So I would say you have undisputably one of the greatest racers in the world driving for a team in track house that dominated on these tracks last year. On top of the experience with that next-gen car and success at Coda, you can feel comfortable putting Kimmy into your lineups. And his value for DFS is a little steep for being second start in the Cup Series, but $7,000 for DFS is really not that bad when you consider the kind of driver that Kimmy is and the kind of equipment he's in. Also, plus 430 for a top 10, it'd be a bit of a gamble, but uh, what what fun is gambling without a little bit of risk? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> got to have a couple of those drivers in there. I, I want to dive into our big money bets in a second, but first, let's zero in on three drivers, each from the 12 that we've named. Um, again, you're picking a favorite, you're picking a sleeper, you're picking a value driver out of the ones you've mentioned. And I'm going to do the same. My favorite. I love Christopher Bell this week. My sleeper love Daniel Suarez this week. And if you can call him a value pick, I think you certainly can based on what the Vegas values him as Michael McDowell was my value pick. Excellent, Excellent choices. choices for my, my favorite, favorite. I'm going to go with the top practice car in Tyler Reddick. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with A.J. Allendinger, used very, very lightly in the sleeper sense. And for my value pick, we'll go with, go with Kimi Raikkonen. And, and now I've been dying, dying to get into these big money bets because these are some of the most sure bets. When you get into the, the very niche tracks in NASCAR, such as the road courses, the short tracks, you know what the skill sets are. You know that there's certain guys that are going to be money in the bank in every sense of the, the expression at these kinds of tracks. And I look at a guy, like you said, Cole, in Kimi Raikkonen at plus 430 to finish in the top 10, considering how well he ran there last year, ran in the Cup Series last year, plus 430 seems like a really good value to me. And then I showed my cards early with Michael McDowell. That's my favorite big money bet at plus 145 to finish in the top 10. Again, he's done it as consistently as any Cup Series driver the last three years at road courses. 
Uh, you can more than double your money by putting it on Michael McDowell to finish in the top 10 this week. And before I, I really throw it to you for your big money bets, Cole, I do want to ask, there's a couple other atypical drivers in this race that we haven't mentioned. Guys the likes of Connor Daly, who's coming from the IndyCar series. Guys the likes of the GOAT Jimmy Johnson coming over, I guess you could say from the IndyCar series, but in his part-time schedule this year, most recently ran at Daytona. Now he's racing at Coda, looking up and down the field. Others like Jensen Button. Um, just some interesting names we haven't mentioned. Where do you value guys like that this week? That's an interesting question. I'm happy you brought it up. I like the guys in good equipment. Jordan Taylor subbing for Chase Elliott. He actually was 10th fastest in practice. And you, you know that nine cars always up front at road courses. He is one of the best in the business at these kind of tracks. So I think that Jordan Taylor, he's a guy that you can also, obviously not as much optimism as uh, Kimi Raikkonen, but he's someone I would not be opposed to putting in my DFS lineup as a, uh, you know, someone who could definitely contend for a top 10. As far as Connor Daly goes, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the money team racing and their equipment at this point in time. They broke down before they even got on the track at Daytona, basically. And um, just, you know, they're not where they want to be exactly right now. And Jensen Button, I, I think he'll have a, a decent run, maybe a top 25 should he be able to keep the car clean. But again, driving for Rick Ware Racing, it's probably not the best thing to bet on or put into your lineup. Um, so I would definitely say of those guys from outside of NASCAR, Kimi Raikkonen and Jordan Taylor, for sure, going to be guys to consider for your DFS lineups. Jimmy Johnson, it's tough to tell. I, I honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't put him in my lineup. I just think he's been away from NASCAR for so long, and he has yet to test out this car on a road course. So he doesn't really know what he's going into, I guess, as far as the, the guys who were competing here full-time last year, and even Kimi Raikkonen, who ran at Watkins Glen last year as well. So I think it'll be a bit of an adjustment, but it is the seven-time champion, so he will, I think, adjust very well. It's funny to think, Cole, we've seen Jimmy Johnson uh, run as many races in the Cup Series as almost any driver, and he's one of the biggest wild cards of the week. So it's kind of, I guess, intriguing would be the right word to see what he's going to look like this week because, A, as you pointed out, he's been away from the Cup Series for so long, and B, it's his first non-Super Speedway Cup event since he retired from full-time racing. And C, you think about the fact that he was primarily racing on road courses in IndyCar and got a lot better at that craft during his time in the sport past couple of years. It, it's a formula for kind of a wild card. I'm very interested more than anything to see how Jimmy does in that 84 car uh, for the Legacy Motor Club. Before we transition to some of our, uh, you know, taking it to the bank here, Cole, give me your big money bets. I'd mentioned Kimi Raikkonen. I, I kind of got sidetracked after that, but I mentioned Kimi Raikkonen and Michael McDowell to be in the top 10 is my big money bets. What do you got this week? I'm actually going to double down on those as well. Michael McDowell and King Raikkonen scored top 10s are definitely two of my favorites this week. Um, I also don't hate the Chase Briscoe top 10 bet at plus 100, which is about even. So all we have right now, to be honest, is the top 10 bets uh, for FanDuel. DraftKings is still updating their odds after uh, practice. So we don't have the top five, top threes and all that. But I will say, uh, I, I don't know what they're going to be. But if you have A.J. Allmendinger at even or above even for a top five, you need to just lock that in and run with it. I guess those would be my three. Allmendinger for a top five, Raikkonen and McDowell for a top 10. I'll certainly double down on that. I definitely like, if you're looking at top five prop bets, love A.J. Allmendinger to finish in the top five. I think that should be a sure thing as long as he does not get cleaned out like he did last year at this track. But that's one that, that definitely excites me as well. Every week, we also give a daily fantasy lineup recommendation. And Cole... We've mentioned that we've got a couple of uh, drivers that were good values in the field, guys like Michael McDowell, who I mentioned as 
keyword being an anchor in our lineups, some guys that were definitely, I, I guess, not properly valued by Vegas in our opinion. And I will start this off also by saying, Cole, that we've had very, very good success in DFS at road course events. This has probably been our bread and butter here at the Money Stop. We've we've brought home a lot of money for you guys at uh, these road course events last year, even in a year that was kind of a wild card in 2022. Um, but I'm going to kick off our lineup by saying that there's a lot of guys that can be your aces. We like to have that guy that is going to start up front, stay up front, likely start up front, stay up front, and lead a lot of laps, rack up a lot of points for you. And we went with one of the cheaper options for our ace, but he is the road course ace in the Cup Series right now as our most expensive driver. That's A.J. Allmendinger, valued at $9,700. And again, not the most expensive driver. He is uh, valued fifth underneath Reddick, Chastain, Bush, and Larson. If you're looking at those top five, I honestly like A.J. Allmendinger the most out of any of them. And he is our highest priced driver, and that allowed us to have a very balanced lineup next to I guess high-priced drivers were Daniel Suarez, who was valued at 9000 And then you look at Austin Sindrick, another familiar name that we've touched on quite a bit this episode at 8800 And then three more familiar names that we've touched on very heavily so far this hour, Cole. Yeah, and you know, I like our approach for this lineup specifically because you could go with a Larson or a Kyle Busch for your, your ace in the hole and your favorite for the win. But I think when you go with those drivers in that $10,000 range for DFS – it doesn't give you a whole lot of options to go with from the bottom. So when you go to tracks like road courses, I like starting with the the uh, your anchor, your 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 uh, ace in the hole from the value picks category, um, and building from there because there are so many talented drivers in this field that are not big names at these types of tracks. And I think our lineup definitely um, just shows that. And our next driver that I'm going to mention is Chase Briscoe. Again, not off to a great start this year and didn't do fairly well. In the Cup Series last year on these tracks, but historically, historically uh, road courses uh, have road been very great for Chase Briscoe. He's a very talented Chase driver. Briscoe. His value is eighty three hundred dollars. From there, we have there we have um our, our the guy we built our lineup around, Michael McDowell, at seventy one hundred dollars. Who we call a lot every time we come to these types of tracks, and that's going to hold true for this week and for every road course race uh, for the remainder of the season. So just know that Michael McDowell is going to be likely our our anchor for all these lineups <laughs> going forward at road courses. And finally, we'll round it out with Kimi Raikkonen, valued at $7,000. Again, I just love what I saw from him at Watkins Glen last year. Adapted extremely quickly, extremely well. And I think that just having track house, having that track house equipment at a track they won at last year, and a track that he's won at in F1, is going to make for a really, really great pairing. And I think that Kimi Raikkonen is going to be, a, honestly, Almost a shooting for a top 10. And I'm going bold with that, but I, I like I like Kimi Raikkonen a lot this week. Well, that was one of our big money bets, was him to finish in the top 10. And, and you can quadruple your money, more than more than quadruple your money by by doing so as well. And you mentioned the T word for me, Cole. The key word there, track house. He's got the track house equipment. That team was unstoppable at the road course races last year. So I'm expecting big things from that team on all fronts, from the 1 to the 99, right down to the 91 as well. Getting into the fun part here, Cole, every week you and I both pick our winners and our sleepers. Neither of us picked a winner last week. However, you were the more successful of us two bros. Your pick to win was Ryan Blaney, who finished seventh. My pick to uh, as a sleeper, Eric Jones, actually finished one spot behind him in eighth. And Kyle Larson, of course, we know what happened to him, wound up in the back of the pack after getting involved in an incident. Michael McDowell was your sleeper, so you have uh, successfully outpicked me in back-to-back -back weeks. With that being said, I am the one that gets to pick first this week, and 
I'm going to go with one of those top five guys that we've mentioned several times during the episode is my pick to win this week. It is AJ Allmendinger. I think you look at his pedigree last year at these tracks and his career, obviously. You mentioned him as one of the best road course racers in the sports history. He feels so due. He got that win at Indianapolis a couple of years ago, and I just feel like there's more to come. I think that AJ Allmendinger is going to win not one, but multiple road course races this year. And he's going to cement himself as the guy to beat at every single one of these tracks this week at Coda, not the performance he was looking for in practice in terms of on the leaderboards. He was 18th out of the drivers that hit the track, the 39. However, I don't think that's going to matter. I think the green flag is going to drop on Sunday and AJ Allmendinger is instantly going to be one of the cars to beat. Love that pick. AJ Allmendinger is always going to be a contender at these tracks. And I, I mean, last year he should have won this race. So Kudos to you for picking AJ. He likely would have been my pick as well. But you know what? I'm going to go a little outside the box here, and I say that very loosely because this is definitely not going to be a, a shock by any means. But we've had multiple Chevy winners. We've had our Ford winner. Now I think we need a Toyota in the winner's circle, and that Toyota for me is going to be Tyler Reddick. I think that that team is looking really good right now. They finally got that that monkey off their shoulders. The results are now flowing. They look really, really fast. And, again, they were the best Class of the field on road courses last year, two wins, top of the practice charts at Coda for, uh, today on Friday, and they had that tire test under their belt as well. So I think that Tyler Reddick comes out swinging and absolutely just demolishes the competition. And for my sleeper, I've been preaching it the entire show, Gimme Kimmy, the Iceman Raikkonen. I like number 91 to be a strong contender for a top 10 finish in Coda. Great picks. I think that I like your logic there that the Toyota camp is also kind of due with Tyler Reddick. And you bring up a good point that he looked so good in practice. I mean, a, a, a full five-tenths better than the next best car in practice. I should tell you a lot about where that 45 team unloaded and how much speed he got and how comfortable he got during that test session earlier during the offseason. So um, Tyler Reddick, a great pick. And it, it just, again, getting back to my original thought there, raises a good point to we haven't seen qualifying yet. So something to keep an eye on. You're going to want some good track position as you start this race. And just kind of keep an eye on the developing storyline throughout the week. That certainly has been one of them. The opening storyline pretty much has been that Tyler Reddick is very, very fast. So this is going to be a fun race any way you slice it. It is the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix. I got to give you my sleeper before we sign off. I almost forgot. Ty Gibbs is my sleeper. He's just looked so composed as a rookie. Every track we've gone to, West Coast, East Coast, Short Track, Super Speedway, hasn't mattered. And you look at how good he's been at the uh, the road courses. He's just been so impressive as a rookie already. And I'm backing on the fact that Ty Gibbs is going to have a really solid race this week. But again, Cole, so many fun storylines. We just mentioned anytime you go to the first road course track of the season, it's going to be fun to begin with. But thinking about those other veteran drivers, the Connor Daly's, the Kimi Raikkonen's, the Jimmy Johnson's, and then the Jordan Taylor's, who we haven't talked a lot about. In addition to all of the other developing storylines, it's going to be really fun. And there's so much to look forward to this week. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, I'm always a huge fan of these road course events. They produce a lot of action. And I'm also a big fan of the fact that NASCAR is getting rid of the stage cautions. There will still be stage points given out when each stage ends, but there's just not going to be a caution thrown to disrupt the flow or the rhythm of the race, which I love because these road course races have produced such great racing, especially with the next-gen car. But the flow of the race just gets stopped when you have those stage breaks. And I think a lot of those times you don't see the deserving car end up in victory lane. Or, or get those quality finishes. So I think this will definitely help in getting those deserving drivers and teams the results they, they earned. And uh, it should make for an excellent, excellent 68-lap event on Sunday. 
bring up a great point. You think about where NASCAR is with, you know, obviously the short track package package is not really where they would like it to be. Well, the road course racing package most certainly is. And I had actually forgotten about the fact that we're eliminating the stage breaks, but the stages will continue. That's going to be very exciting to see this week. Once again, it's the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix, 68 laps, just over 200 miles at the Circuit of the Americas, one of the most famous tracks in all of racing. And you can catch it on Fox 3.30 Eastern time this Sunday, March 26th. Take it to the bank for Cole Cusimano. I'm Stephen Cusimano. We're going to drop the jack on the most important stop of the day. This has been the Money Stop. And we hope you take home some big money bags this week. Gotta make them want to come back for more.